WHOV 88.1 FM welcomes you to the Pastor's Study. The Pastor's Study in any church is a place where the pastor can go to collect his thoughts, study God's Word, and develop ideas and thoughts on what direction the church needs to take. The Pastor's Study is where research is done on various topics. Missions are brought to the forefront and salvation is formed. The Pastor's Study on WHOV is a talk show that allows you, the listener, to come inside and to find out more about the ministers in the area and the good works they are doing across the region, the nation, and the world. Hosted by Pastor Kevin Swan of Ivy Baptist Church in Newport News, the Pastor's Study is now open to the public. So come on in and find out what plans God has for His shepherds and His people. To the pastor study here on WHOV 88.1 FM. Pastor Kevin Swan in studio. Rob Dixon is not with us. He's uh, snowed in wherever he is. Where, where is he in Greensboro? Is it? Greensboro. Yeah, he's in he's Greensboro. Yeah, f- flight was delayed obviously because of the snow. Had University uh, men's basketball had a game last night at A and T, one by one point. So we congratulate the Pirates. But uh, we are here in studio. And uh, we have a great show for you today. If you're just tuning in for the first time, uh, the Pastor Study is a show designed to talk about relevant issues that affect our community from a religious standpoint. And we pull no punches. We, we let it all hang out. We talk about the issues because it's important that, first of all, you have a forum to address things uh, from a godly perspective. And oftentimes, some of the things that are happening, we have a tendency to not address, not want to talk about, or kind of bury our heads in the sand. And so we're thankful that you're listening in to us. And if someone uh, is listening or someone wants to listen to the show, we do now take the shows, and the shows are available uh, on a website, uh, the website that I've created, www.kevinswan.org, K-E-V-I-N-S-W-A-N-N.org. Click on the media link, and there you will see the pastor's study uh, and all of the information there as it relates to the shows that we've done over the past three weeks. And in addition to that, uh, the Lord has put something on my heart to do, and I'm asking for your support. Uh, I'm believing and trusting God that the next wave or the next generation will be through the use of technology and how God will reach uh, his people. And with the proliferation of Facebook, MySpace, and all these other social networking sites, uh, certainly uh, I believe the Lord is calling us to go in a direction such as that. If you go to the site, kevinswan.org, there's a mailing list we'd like for you to be a part of. Take a look at it, see what you see, and uh, if you want to join the mailing list uh, to subscribe to uh, daily messages that we send out and just uh, prayer requests, testimonials, all kinds of things that we can share through the use of the Internet, we encourage you to do so. And again, all of this is at kevinswan.org. You can look at the uh, mailing list. You can also uh, get information on uh, the Pastor Study Show for the past few weeks so that if you happen to miss one, you can certainly click and hear what we've been talking about over the course of the last month. But uh, I have a friend with me in studio. And when I say friend, I mean friend in every sense of the word. And I say that because whenever I call upon my friend, he (laughs) always answers my call. Now, there's not a friend like Jesus, but I got a friend here, I have to say. (laughs) I called him about 30 minutes prior to the show. I was like, look, man, I'm in a need. I'm in a bind. I need your help. 
and he came a running. And I want to say thank you, Pastor Young, for coming on and just dropping with your schedule, man, just coming on the show with us. Pastor John Young is here with us in the studio. Pastor, how are you doing today? I'm wonderful, and I'm honored to be here as usual. Man, I just want to say thank you again for just helping me out. Uh, as I said to you, and I called you in a panic, Rob was gone, and uh, you, you <laughs> stepped in right on time. And so I want to say thank you. Even though you're a, cow- look, man, you're a Cowboy fan, you came in here with all your Cowboy stuff. I can't oh, even yeah. mess with you today, man. Oh, no. Because you helped me out, man. So, 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 so how you been doing, man? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. God is truly blessing, man. And, you know, the Cowboys always tend to come to the rescue, bro. And that just remember that. Yeah, they can't save themselves. How they gonna be able to, <laughs> They got to get to the playoffs first, man. You got to get all of that stuff, man. But, uh, Pastor, I wanted you to come in. I have a couple of uh, topics I want to discuss today. Uh, one of them is in reference to uh, the, the real topic of the show and the economy and pastors and just, you know, our, our view of certain things. But before we get to that, two weeks ago we did a show on the whole Chris Brown-Rihanna situation. And uh, we, we certainly have heard in the news about what has taken place and the alleged, we don't want to say for certain, the alleged uh, domestic violence episode that took place where Chris Brown allegedly uh, attacked uh, Rihanna. There was, a, there was a photo on TMZ.com that showed her face uh, shortly thereafter the incident, uh, battered and bruised and, and just a lot. And uh, we had a discussion, Rob and I, two weeks ago about this whole domestic violence situation. But what we found out over the weekend was the fact that uh, they have now apparently reconciled and, and they're back together. Uh, they were spotted or he was spotted in Miami a couple of days ago uh, and uh, she was with him. Apparently they were at uh, Diddy's house there on a private island there in Florida. And now they travel back to L.A. because the, uh, you know, the court case is pending. And now they're believing that uh, it's not going to be a case at all because Rihanna has now reconciled with Chris Brown. And so, you know, this this story has taken on a different twist. And so from a pastor's perspective, as you've heard this story, you know, the, the, the alleged domestic violence situation, and now apparently they have reconciled. Uh, you, we know we deal and see these types of things within right. our congregation. So right. what is what is your response in, in hearing and seeing all of this play out? Right. And and. When I my, my first response is to think about uh, Rihanna's um, uh, reaction, because I think that we have to be very careful, uh, not only as pastors and leaders and teachers, but as men and women of God, as children of God, we have to also uh, look at the fact that uh, oftentimes, of course, you know, we say that this is an alleged allegation. Uh, It's just an allegation. But let's say it were true. Right. Uh, And even if it were true, the one thing that we have to do, A, is is the Bible tells us to judge not a matter before it's time. Uh, B, we have to understand that uh, uh, women can fall in love with a man's potential. Uh, and and whether she is in love with Chris Brown or she is in love with the potential that he has demonstrated, because let's face it, for all the fellas out there listening, you know that when we first meet a woman, we demonstrate our potential. We're flowers, cards, and candy, and 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 we we can uh, uh, we can exude uh, romance and everything that we desire our woman to see in us. But after a while. We revert back to where we really are, but the woman has fallen in love with that potential. And the truth is, is that 
a lot of times what we might see as nagging and all those kinds of things, they're just remembering the bar that we already set. And so the truth is, is that she has obviously seen something in Chris Brown that she has fallen in love with and that uh, that he has demonstrated the potential to be. And and in her heart, he is that guy. And she believes that he can be that guy if these allegations are true. And he did get physical and he did uh, uh, do those things to her. Then uh, uh, she clearly has found it in her heart to to forgive him and 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 hope that he can be the man that that uh, that he's uh, demonstrated the potential to be. Now, on the flip side, we also have to pray uh, that 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 she is protected from her own uh from her own compassion for him because if he if he did in fact do those kinds of things for and demonstrated the potential to do that without divine intervention from god that potential for him to do that is still there right and and so let me ask you then Mm -hmm. because we're we're pastors you know the bible preaches and and talks about forgiveness Mm -hmm. and you know you should forgive your brother not seven times but 70 times seven that's what jesus said Mm -hmm. In, in this particular case if if he did do it, and again, it's alleged, but let's say he did, and she forgives him for what he did, do we judge her differently because of what he did to her? Do you think that uh, some people are out there saying, well, maybe she shouldn't forgive or she should forgive but not forget? Or, you know, how does this whole thing play out uh, if, in fact, we are called to forgive? Is this a situation where, okay, it happened, let's forgive and move forward? Or do you think it should be a little bit more than that because of the severity of what allegedly took place? You know, I, I think we should reshape our uh, understanding of what forgiveness looks like. Okay. Because when we look at how God forgives, for example, if we go out, uh, let's say, and have unprotected sex and we, we get HIV, well, God will forgive us for fornication, but that doesn't mean that you don't have HIV. Right. The consequence is still there. Exactly. Okay. So so uh, I believe under every circumstance she for, she should forgive him. But I believe whether or not she reconciles with him really depends on whether or not he gets help if he has demonstrated the potential to be violent. And whether or not she reconciles with him doesn't necessarily mean that she didn't forgive him. Right. And, and you know, Pastor, we, we see this commonly. And this was one of the the, the points I was trying to make with Rob last time we had this discussion is mm. the fact that you have a situation and statistics show that many people who are involved in domestic violence uh, situations and relationships oftentimes go back. Right. So how then can we help and offer assistance to people if, in fact, when there is an opportunity to walk away, they do not exercise it and choose to go back into that same relationship that could perhaps further escalate into violent behavior down the line. You know, I, I think what our role is, and again, I like to emphasize not just as pastors and teachers and preachers, but as Christians, as, as saved folk, is we cannot alienate or demonize Chris Brown or any other uh, perpetrator of violence. Because not only does uh, Rihanna love Chris Brown, but we should love Chris Brown. Absolutely. Uh, and and we should love the child molester. We should love the rapist. We should love them all. And so I guess the point is, is that what the what what makes it difficult for them to receive help from us is we become enemies of someone that they love. And so then they view themselves as protecting their loved one from us because 
we don't love them like they do. So the first part of any um, uh, effective approach to helping Rihanna or anyone in a situation like her is to uh, connect with her hurt, to identify with her love for Chris Brown. Uh, and, and again, any other perpetrator out there, they are victims as well because we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. There is a spirit of anger. There's a spirit of violence. There's a spirit of rage that 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 will influence you and I if we allow it to. And so we have to uh, attack not the Band-Aid, but the problem. And the problem really is the fact that we aren't wrestling against flesh and blood, and there is an enemy that is tormenting and, and trying to get Chris Brown or anybody else that is prone to violence to act out those thoughts that he implants into our spirits. You're listening to the Pastor's Study, Pastor Kevin Swan in studio live with Pastor John Young of Empowered Believers Christian Learning Center in Newport News, Virginia. And uh, we're just doing a follow-up to the Chris Brown-Rihanna story that they have allegedly reconciled now, and uh, they're moving forward. I don't know what's worse, Pastor, um, the situation itself or the response that I've been hearing, particularly from young women who have said that he, in fact, was justified in doing whatever it was that he did uh, and that Rihanna in some cases deserved what she got. And, and so, uh, you know, how, how do we then, Pastor Young, address our young women to get them to understand the fact that no matter what happens in a relationship and to the men, that there has to still be a line somewhere that says no matter how angry you get, no matter how upset you get, there should be a line that says you should be walking away, and that it's not acceptable uh, to put your hands on anybody in a relationship, whether it's man to woman or woman to man. But it seems to me now that lately what I've been hearing, especially from a lot of younger people, is, well, she was deserving. And so how do you how do you respond to that? How do you feel about that as a pastor and maybe as a father even? Yeah, absolutely. Um, because one of the things that, that immediately comes to mind is that there are uh, there, there are two separate standards of accountability. One is that uh, we can't expect, in other words, to put it plainly, if a dog barks, it doesn't surprise you because that's what dogs do. They bark. So if a sinner sins, it's not supposed to surprise us. That's what sinners do. They sin. So we can't um, hold people that don't have the type of relationship with Christ uh, to the same standard. Um, it, because the bottom line of it is is that they don't have the same type of uh, conviction uh, or response to the conviction of the Holy Spirit that we do. I got you mm -hmm. on that, but mm -hmm. let me let me and I agree mm -hmm. a absolutely. The things mm -hmm. of spirit, people of the flesh, will not understand. Right. But have we gotten so far away from just basic teaching of parenting mm -hmm. that a parent should? I mean. Have we gotten to the place where it's expected now that if someone that you're in a relationship with and there's disagreement that it's going to get physical, that that's an understanding now in the relationship? Have we gotten to that place? And I guess that's the question where, you know, you have young women who have justified and said, well, you don't know what happened and, and, and Chris Brown is not guilty and, and all, which... You know, again, we all say these are allegations, mm. but if in fact they were true, how mm. can we say, mm. regardless of what what Rihanna did or did not do, that she was justified 
and what she received. I guess that's the question. Are we at that place, Pastor? Right, and, and absolutely under no circumstances because, one, we are products of our environment. And and just as much as we mentioned a moment ago, uh, uh, if we are raised or we are a product of the atmosphere that's bathed in the presence of the Holy Spirit, we ought to react like it. But on the flip side, the environment, even of the young ladies that uh, feel that uh, Rihanna uh, got what she deserved, they are victims in my mind, uh, because they are products of their environment. And there is absolutely some some uh, compassion that uh, is missing in what they are saying, because I don't believe Chris Brown or Rihanna deserve any violence uh, that that uh, was perpetrated in either direction, because I did hear both sides of the equation and their motivation for why they feel Rihanna uh, deserved it. Uh, but even with that being said, um, you know, I, I, under no circumstances uh, should a woman feel that uh, to be physically disciplined by a man is acceptable. Yeah, and you know what? I, I'll be honest, man. I've been in, I've been married for twelve years. It'll be twelve years in, in May, and uh, you know I've been upset as any person has been in a relationship. Mm-hmm. You've been angry, mm-hmm. seen red, all that kind of stuff. Right. But I think there still has to be somewhere in there a line that says I still have to make a choice. To walk away. Absolutely. And to me, it seems like that line has now been blurred to some degree. And, and many men, you know, we talked about it off air, have felt like in some cases they've been provoked and that, you know, that women now are in some cases, not all, more aggressive in being demonstrative and coming at them and attacking. And, and the response ends up being the way it is. But, you know, regardless to all of that, it seems to me still that there has to be a line somewhere. So my, my last question before we go to break is, Pastor, now that this whole issue has come to light, domestic violence, uh, what can the churches do now to take advantage to send the message about domestic violence from the pulpit? Or maybe, you know, what, what can we do to get the message out to let People know from a biblical standpoint, from just a general standpoint, that this is not acceptable. How can pastors use this situation, in some cases to our advantage, to get a a message out to our congregants about this type of issue that sometimes is not discussed in church? You know, uh, I think in in church, the one message that is never over-preached is love. And, and, and broadening our definition and our understanding of love. Jesus said that you can hang the whole law on, on, on loving God with all your heart and loving people. Basically says if you can do this, you fulfill the whole law. And, and I really believe that every angle that we come at this issue from, there's still one answer. We need to love Rihanna. We need to love Chris Brown. We need to love those ladies that, uh, that feel like Rihanna deserved it. We need to love those ladies that feel like, you know, uh, uh, Rihanna shouldn't forgive them. And so I, I absolutely agree that because this is promoted in the, in the media so heavily, then we need to uh, deal with relevant issues and show how the Bible would address uh, this issue. People walk around with the what would Jesus do bracelets all the time. So let's talk about that. What would Jesus do in this situation if if he were asked how you feel about the Rihanna and Chris Brown situation? Yeah, it's, it's definitely a touchy subject and one that perhaps can, again, be an opportunity for us to discuss candidly 
maybe in our youth groups or just in general within our congregation. And certainly there's nothing wrong with addressing it from the pulpit because obviously pastors have that kind of right to, to open this door to talk about these issues. So uh, thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, we're going to get to the question of the day. I'm going to ask it to you now before we go to break, give you some time to think about it since you came in. You know, uh, we, we're looking at this economy, Pastor, and the economy is tough. It is really tough on a lot of people. Every day you hear of people laying off, uh, people losing their job, homes, all that kind of thing. The question I want to pose to you from a pastor's perspective, and I know it's by God that you're with us today, because this is somewhat of a sensitive issue that maybe only pastors can appreciate. Do pastors now have to perhaps adjust our lifestyle? And the message of prosperity and the look of prosperity uh, in these in these difficult times. In other words, does it send a conflicting message if we as pastors are continuing to, to move in prosperity while you have your congregation perhaps suffering economically? Uh, is it the right time to get a new car, new home, new this or that? Or should we be more sensitive to other things that happen. Is this the right time to, to promote certain things uh, economically when, or should pastors at this point be more sensitive? I guess the question is, talking about prosperity now, and, and from the pastoral perspective, given the economy, how does that seemingly look? How do you think that that perception is at this point, how people look at pastors and prosperity, much like people are now looking at CEOs of these Fortune 500 companies and their spending do you think people are holding pastors to a same type of accountability? We're going to talk about all that. We want to open up the phone line, 727-5407-727-5711. You can comment on Rihanna or you can comment on our question of the day. We're going to take a quick break here. Come back on the other side with your comments. Hear from Pastor Young again here on WHOV 88.1 FM. <laughs> And we're back on the Pastor Study here on WHOV 88.1 FM. Pastor Kevin Swan in studio. Rob Dixon, normally Mike's side with me, is stuck in Greensboro, North Carolina from the snowstorm. No longer with us today. But I have a friend, not just in Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I got a friend that I can call. And when I call, he answers my call. And he stepped in, Pastor John Young. Pastor of Empowered Believers Christian Learning Center who came in today, and I want to thank you again for coming in on such short notice. And uh, we're having an interesting discussion today on, we started off with the Chris Brown-Rihanna situation and uh, how should we address that, how should we view it from the church's perspective. We, we actually had this discussion two weeks ago. We're doing a follow-up because of the fact that uh, we understand that they have reconciled over the weekend and, you know, what that looks like to our young people you know how should we address that from the church's perspective all that kind of stuff and then also our question of the day uh is in reference to you know the the whole economic situation and and the role of pastor and the look of pastor in these economic times when you know you have congregants that are suffering uh how you know just just being mindful how sensitive should we be should we continue to say that god has blessed us and we continue on we should not have to reduce ourselves because the lord has been good to us or should we be more sensitive for folks who are in need and so we do have a call on the air already and uh caller are you there yes sir Tell me your name and where you're calling from. 
Uh, I'm calling from Newport News. My name is Luther Obama. Okay, yes, sir. I'm, I'm sure my pastor will recognize who's on the phone. Okay, very good. <laughs> we're, we're, we're glad to have you. Um, I have a statement. Just, I, I don't think that the pastor should, by any way, reduce his fruits that the tri- that, that God has blessed him to uh, acquire. If anything, like Jesus said, raise up disciples so that they may be as strong, or if not stronger, than you are. Because what, what father would not want his son to do better than he has done? Okay. So we, we don't need to deplete, you know, the pastor's wealth or whatever, but just raise up the brothers in the church that would be just uh, uh, an asset to him. Okay. So that they, they can see that, you know, there is wealth in this church by staying in the Word and living God's Word, then you're supposed to prosper. Okay. All right. Thank you for the call. We appreciate the time. Pastor, I haven't heard your response yet. We've already got the call in on the question of the day. What should be the role? Should we continue if God, if God is blessing us and prospering us even in these times? Should we show that as an example to the congregation? This is what the Lord can do. Or should we be sensitive and say no because you got folks suffering and it may be perceived in a different way? What do you think? You know, um, th- this is a very sensitive area for me, so I'm I just honored to be here on this topic uh, because, uh, as you know, Pastor Swan, our, our church is three years old, and I went the first three years of our ministry that we uh, planted with no salary at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and there were times, you know, when we initially started the ministry uh, that, you know, I, I drove a BMW because before I started the ministry, I could afford it. <laughs> but, but the point is, is that, you know, people back then when I was driving a BMW thought that uh, it was fruits of the ministry per se, and it absolutely wasn't. So the first thing that we can assume is that whatever prosperity is coming to the man or woman of God is coming because they're a pastor or because he's getting a salary from the church. Uh, January of this year, uh, I just started accepting a very small salary uh, for for me and my family, and I still have to work. Uh, So I guess the point is is that the first thing that I want to do is make sure that they understand that you can't just assume because the pastor is buying a house that he's getting a salary from the church. But on on the second, on, on the flip side, we have to understand Paul said, not all things that are lawful or expedient. So we do have to be sensitive to the perceptions. At least I I would encourage people to do that because it is not, I I would say, wisdom oriented unless, you know, uh, uh, unless you absolutely uh, cannot wait. Um, I certainly would not create a perception that would cause people to uh, reflect uh, negatively upon the church. Uh, Yeah, and and let's be honest. You know, Mm -hmm. there are certain perceptions, rightly Mm -hmm. or wrongly, when it Mm -hmm. comes to pastors. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and so sometimes we have a tendency, all of us, rightly or wrongly, to be Mm -hmm. lumped in. Mm -hmm. And so let's say, for example, somebody came to you anonymously and said, you know, Pastor, we know when you first arrived you had this. Maybe you don't have it now. We want to bless you so that you can get that back. In these times, would you, if you were to go back and get a BMW today, if you were to go get one, do you think the congregation would say, wow, what a blessing from God? Or do you think, and I'm not just saying yours, I'm just saying generally speaking, wow, what a blessing from God in these tough times, God is still moving, and I can see that in my pastor's life. Or do you think some people would be like, man, everybody out here is struggling, and he, you know, he's going out here getting a new car, is that right? What is he doing? You know, that kind of thing. What, what, what kind of response do you think people would give? You know, what's funny about that, Pastor Swan, is that I believe that you'd get 
both reactions. And sometimes you could get both reactions from the same person (laughs) because, you know, the Bible says that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. And when we're walking in the spirit and we are spiritually mature, then we absolutely understand that, that we are not bound by this world's economy because, you know, we our father owns a cattle on a thousand hills. And and so we could go down that road when we're in the spirit. But when they're in the flesh and, and I think about Peter quite frequently because one minute, uh, uh, Jesus was telling Peter, blessed art thou, Simon, by Jonah, for flesh and blood hadn't revealed this to you, but my father who's in heaven, when, when he recognized that he was the Christ. And then, you know, he recognized, hey, you're hearing from God. And then four verses later, he's saying, get behind me, Satan. Right. You know, so the same person could have a positive reaction one minute, but you get them in the wrong crowd. <laughs> and totally did. <laughs> yeah, they said Hosanna on Sunday. They said crucify him on, <laughs> on Thursday. Same people. But we do want to hear from you on this topic. 727-5407-727-5711. I want to get some other pastors to call in as well on this topic. I do know I have some pastors that normally call me after the show is over. Call during the show. I want to hear <laughs> from you. That's right. I'm talking to you. I'm not going to call your name out. Call during the show. We want to hear from you. We do have a caller on the air at this point. Caller, are you there? I certainly am. Hi. I um, tend to agree with the previous caller. I think, quite frankly, the Word tells us that God has no problem with wealth. He has no problem with pastors being paid well. That being said, (laughs) I am probably um, of minority opinion. I believe in transparency. I, I think pastors should be paid very well, but what I also wholeheartedly believe is in transparency, meaning I think you guys should disclose your nice salaries. <laughs> that's just me. But um, <laughs> that's an opinion. Well, I, let me say this. At, at Ivy, my salary is disclosed. I know that. Pastor so, Juan. I'm you not know, I, listen, I, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't hide it, but at the same time, when it does come out, <laughs> I, I'm holding my breath <laughs> because you don't know how people are going to respond. And some people might look at it one way and say, okay, that's good. Some people might say, wow, you, you just you know never what? know. Pastor Swan, I think we have to remind people of the word now. And, and to con- comment on what you had said, I do think we need to be sensitive. Now, if a um, pastor is making, well, I'm just pulling this out of the air, 300000 and um, let's say the heating isn't working. Now, now, I've got a problem with that. I, I do have a problem uh, with him riding around in a Bentley when, um, you know, the carpeting is in shambles in, in, in his or her church. Things like that. But I really, really don't think the majority of people would or should have a problem with their pastor being well taken care of. Simply because the word tells us that's the way it's supposed to be. What about in these times? Because these times are more challenging than, than, okay, than normal in, in cases. In these times, Pastor Swan, I think, again, if um, <clears throat> we have full disclosure, I still think most people, well, well that, that is a good question. I think <laughs> depending on your salary, may, yeah, I, I don't know, maybe right. some, some pastors might want to take a cut in these times. Well, we're gonna then get... again, you know, I think some need a raise in these times. Okay. So it, I think it depends on the digit. Okay. Know? All right. Thank you for the call. We appreciate it. And, and that goes to another point, Pastor Young. You know, you look at these um, CEOs of these banks, and I know the bailout is they're holding them more accountable and, and less or more expectation, salary cut, and all that kind of stuff. 
do you think pastors in these times should be making those types of uh, decisions for the good of the church to, to say? You know, I think the common denominator really is, you know, the Bible says that anything that's not done in faith, it is a sin. And I really believe that if we if we've got a, a, a true God fearing man of God, uh, the Holy Spirit may, in fact, lead him to do that. But he he for whatever reason may lead him not to. And I believe that if that is your shepherd, if that is your leader, then you've got to believe that not only does he hear from God, but he responds wholeheartedly. Because most of the pastors that I know, uh, to include you, um, would do this for nothing if you could. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, so so it's, if it's really about the money, then he's not really one of God's good shepherds. I, I just don't believe that. So I absolutely believe that there will be pastors that... and, and and my board actually gets on me for the opposite, uh, trying to get me to take money maybe when I when I don't want to. Gotcha. So, interesting topic. And we, we do have our partner in crime on the radio with us, Rob Dixon, station manager at WHOV. Rob, how you doing, man? What's going on, Swan? Chilling, hanging out here in North Carolina somewhere. Uh, are you in the airport? Are you at Where are you, man? No, I'm on the bus. We're headed uh, back home from Greensboro after a big win last night, and uh, we just stopped to get something to eat. So, uh We'll be here for about an hour, but <laughs> well, well, thank you for calling in, and uh, we hope that certainly you get back home safely. Congratulations on the victory. You want to chime in on our question of the day? The question is, Rob, with the economy the way it is, uh, should pastors be uh, sensitive to how they go about doing their business from a financial perspective? So, in other words, if the pastor has a means to get a new car during this time, you know, a lot of people are struggling, losing jobs. He shows up in a brand-new BMW, Mercedes, whatever the case might be. Do you think that would be well-received? Somebody would say, bless the Lord, the Lord is still doing work in tough times. Or do you think it would be the other end where people might say, well, how could he do that or she do that in these times where folks are struggling? Well, how do you think it will, it will play out? Swan, when you, when you text me this topic this morning, <laughs> I was thinking about it. I said, Swan must be trying to buy a new car. No, man, I ain't trying to buy a new car, man. <laughs> make sure he, he paving the way for his congregation but no no seriously i don't i don't think it's uh uh unbeknownst if they were to be able to buy a car or get a home or anything like that that would be wrong i think that would be perfectly fine uh, uh you know if someone wants to hate but there's haters everywhere so you they're gonna hate on you if you if if economic times were bad or if economic times are good so okay i wouldn't even sweat it you wouldn't sweat it so, ah, come on, man. I mean, if you got the means, you got the means. I mean, there's still people out here doing well and surviving. Get a new house, get a new car. I'm trying to buy a new car later this year. So, I mean, people going to hate on me, I'm sure. But, hey, you know, that's the way life rolls. Okay. All right. And, Pastor, and you, I don't have time for haters. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right. I know that's right. But do you think that there would be some that might be out there saying, well, you know, I'm helping him to get this car, this house, or whatever, and I've lost my job. Where You know, can he help me? I'm, I'm sure there are going to be plenty. I mean, was it the other day uh, I was watching ESPN, Jim Calhoun went off because the guy wanted him to give back part of his salary back to the state because the state was, what, $40 billion in deficit. He was getting paid 2 to $3 million a year. So he's like, are you going to give the money back and everything? No, I mean, come on. That's what he earned. That's what they wanted to pay him. You know, does he have to give his money back? Is everybody giving their money back because of the economic times? No. So, I mean, if. If you're getting paid and you're still getting paid and that's, that's your job, then you should be able to receive the fruit of your labor. So, 
So do, uh, uh, so but there's going to be people out there that are going to hate on it, though, yeah. Do you think that there's some who might say, well, pastors ought to be looking at taking cuts like uh, other business leaders who, who are in the field? They should be looking at doing the same thing during these times to send the message that we're all in it together? Or are you fine with the fact that, uh, you know, he makes what he makes or she makes what she makes, and that's fine, we just keep going? I mean, you make what you make. I mean, unless they, 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 the church meets and says, look, budget time, say that we can't afford, you know, to pay you what you're getting or anything like that, then that's when you have a situation. But I don't think you can uh, force a pastor or anybody else to give up their ways of life or their means of life. If they've got the money they've saved up and they can buy a new car, buy a new car. <laughs> I think it, does send a, it can send a message of, of conflict, you know, because of where things are these days, people losing their jobs in your congregation, you you buying a new car now? You can't go out and buy a Bentley, but uh, <laughs> you know you can get the new Nissan Sentra. I mean, I ain't got a problem with that. But. So, so I can get a Sentra, but I can't get a Benz. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that, that might be a little. So, bit so now, so now you can do it. You, you just got stipulations on what you can get. Is that is that, is that how it goes? I mean, come on now. You, you don't want to be flaunting. That's like uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Eddie Murphy was talking about you know flaunting the ice cream in the kids' face who can't afford to get the ice cream. <laughs> driving a Benz and, you know, I just gave back my car. You know what I'm saying? My car's been repoed. That's just wrong. Okay. All right. All right. Well, Pastor Young is here with us in studio. Rob, he has a question. He wants to throw it at us. So go ahead, Pastor Young. Hey, how you doing, Rob? It's always a pleasure to sit in with you. Anyway, can you hear me, Rob? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay, it's, it's always a pleasure to sit in. Uh, you know, uh, Pastor Swan always calls me when you don't show up. So, you know, <laughs> I just thought I'd throw that out there, bro. Well, uh, y'all, y'all are Cowboy fans, <laughs> so I figured, you know, from one Cowboy you know, you know, right. to the other. You know, the Cowboy's looking for some help. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But look, um, here's the thing. I think one of the... I lost the, him. I can't really hear him now. Okay, here we go. How about now? Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you now. Okay, check this out, man. This is a question, or this is a statement that only Jesus could get away with, and I just want to hear what y'all think about this. Um, what if I said, look here, y'all are going to have poor people around all the time. Does that sound familiar? I mean, Jesus told his disciples, the poor you shall have with you always, right? Mm -hmm. And so, right. so, so the point is, is that how do you respond when you let's take away the recession um, and people say to you, how are you going to be living in this nice car, driving this nice house, or, or, or living in this nice house, driving this nice car, and you've got homeless people in your congregation. Um, you've got people that are struggling uh, to, to pay their light bill, and you are making all of this money. Uh, how, do you th how do you respond to those types of statements? You know, it, it's, it's hard. It's, it's something I've always dealt with as well because I always have problems with pastors who, who uh, want to go help out, the, out with the poor, but they roll up in their gold rim Bentley or their uh, <laughs> real expensive car. I think you're sending the wrong message in doing that. Um, but you have to look at pastoring, and I always attack it from this angle. It's not just the spiritual leadership, but it's a job for a lot of people as well. And if they're getting paid a certain salary and the church agreed to pay him that salary, and he can live by those means by that salary, you can't hate on that man. So, uh, you know, I, I think it's tough, you know, even when you do have folks who are, who are going to be downtrodden in your church, there are going to be people who are, going, who are going to be going through tough times. You can't really get upset at this man for following God's will and God taking care of him and blessing him as well. Now, I think there's living in your means and then there's extravagance and flaunting it as well. And I think there's a, yeah, that's where the problem comes in is when it seems like he's flaunting his success and everything like that, making it seem like God's blessing him, but he's not blessing you because you're homeless or you just lost your home, you just lost your job. So 
Okay. Well, so, so yeah. Right. So let me ask you this then. It, some people say that uh, the blessings flow from the top down. Okay. So if if the head is blessed, then the blessings that flow from the head flow down through the body. So as the, as that's a, that's a hard that's a hard message to preach to the brother <laughs> who just lost his job. His family's <laughs> holding on. They 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 not shopping at their uh, family. Uh, they not shopping at food line. They shopping at bottom dollar down. And, you know, it, it's it's a little tough. You know, for that brother out there to believe that the blessings flow from the top down because that preacher ain't coming out of his pocket giving me money or helping my family necessarily. So, I mean, that's a hard message to swing to someone who, like I said before, who's who's going through difficult times. So, so your bottom line is it, it can be done in these times, but certainly be in moderation in terms of what oh. what should be done. Don't go out here and buy a, a eight bedroom mansion or 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 bins. Is what you're saying? Is that, is that what you're saying? Right. You, you can't. You know, it's like your parents used to teach you all the time. You know, if you got something, doesn't mean that you have to flaunt it. I mean, in this day and age of bling bling, and everybody wants to show what they got and everything like that. There's a lot of people out there that don't have anything, so you don't go out and buy this house saying, "Well, look, you know, I'm I'm." I'm doing this and you not and everything like that. You, that's like throwing it in somebody's face. You don't want to do that. You want to make sure that you're still preaching the message of hope. You still want to mess, make sure you're preaching that message of, uh, you know, we're going to get through this together. I mean, you got to be mindful of what kind of times we're living in. And if half your church is losing their jobs and anything like that, you can't go out and necessarily buy that bins or anything like that. Now, if your car is broken, busted, go get the Nissan Central like I said <laughs> and, uh, and be happy. And, you know, and, and say, look, I got a new car because my car ain't working no longer. But, you can't go out and buy that new, you know, that new charger, fully loaded with the Hemi, you know, the the, the DVD player and the speaker system and everything. I mean, just wrong. You sending the wrong message to your congregation. All right, man. Well, we appreciate your time, and I know you had a little stop there. We hope that you get back safely, man, and we'll catch you now. Will you be at the MEAC next week? I will be at the MEAC next week, but I plan on calling in from the MEAC. Well, it depends on when I'm going down for the MEAC. Really, I, I haven't figured that out yet, but. We will be at the MEAC, so we will call in and make sure the show is still covered, though. Okay. Appreciate you, man. Be safe. I definitely will. Take it easy. Pastor Young, you same to you. All right. All right. Rob Dixon, station manager here from Greensboro. Snowed in last night. Uh, Hampton University uh, played North Carolina A&T, beat them by one point. They're traveling back today due to the ice and snowy conditions on the roads. But uh, Pastor Young, he basically said, look, you know, it can be done just – you got to be real sensitive to that. Is, is is now we've had some people to say it shouldn't matter. Then you have some people to say, yeah, you can do it. Just do it in moderation. What do you think, man? You know the 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 problem that I think that we 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 can easily overlook is once your ministry uh, blossoms to the point where the church does uh, begin to compensate you, let's say handsomely. Let's say you got a a ten thousand member congregation and you're getting a very large salary. Does that mean now that if I want to help the homeless, I can't go in my car? Uh, because uh, if you've got a, a prosperous, effective ministry, then you're going to continue to grow, and you're going to continue to try to do the same things that, that the reason that God blessed you and put you in that place is because you were doing these things. So it, it's almost a subliminal message to stop because it sends a wrong message. So can can the Eddie Longs of the world uh, still help the homeless? Uh, you know, w- why can't he go in his car to help the homeless? Why do I have to perpetrate and 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 take a cab or or you know buy a jalopy just so that people won't get the wrong message? They're gonna get the message regardless, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I think let's be honest. True. Regardless of when you buy it or mm. when you move or if mm. you choose to do these things, mm. will it ever be 
a right time, I guess is the question. Mm, there you but go. I think in these times, they're more sensitive than others. And so it's a very interesting question. We do have a pastor on the line. Pastor Johnson, are you there? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How are you doing today? <laughs> very well, sir. Good. Good to hear your voice, man. Yeah, man. Listen, have you been listening to the show so far? I haven't been listening to all the details of the show. I must be honest. However, I've caught the last two or three minutes, and so I'm calling in to give my two cents if I can. Give you two cents and then some. <laughs> Listen, man, I, I think it, regardless, I agree with you, regardless of, of of when the time is to buy, if an individual is frugal with their resources, that's the issue and the question. If someone is frugal with their resources and they practice good stewardship and they're in a position to take advantage of the market, uh, regardless of what the market does, then if you can afford to buy, yes, buy. And if you can afford to take advantage of the market where it works out for your good and for your benefit, then yes, do so. But on the issue of uh, our pastors, should they spend like CEOs? I, I don't really see it in that in, in that standpoint. I see it from the standpoint of as an individual walks in good stewardship, good practices, don't spend more than what they make, and are able to handle their finances well. If the market presents itself for an individual pastor or parishioner to take advantage of it, then I say yes, take advantage of the market and get the most out of it. What works well for you and your family making sure that you don't violate principles of stewardship. That's kind of where I come down on this issue at right here. Okay, so again, it is a, a biased market in every sense of the word. Every sense. So it is a great time to buy. So for somebody who has prepared themselves for this moment, is there still or should there still be some level of sensitivity to say, even though I could buy today, even though it is a biased market, I'm still sensitive to the fact that if I'm to purchase this now, that I also know that many in my congregation, more so than any other time, are struggling with certain issues, trying to keep their job, or worried about their own job and their own financial security. Mm-hmm. So what kind of message does that send? Should we be even concerned about that, or should we say, you know what, even as pastors, we're, we are in a position to spend like everybody else, and we're going to make the best decision for our family just like everybody else is going to do? Now, listen, I'm I'm just real particular on this issue, Pastor Swan. I just told my folks this past Sunday, one of the reasons why, and I don't, I mean, let me make the statement first. I told my folks, I said, one of the reasons why I dress the way that I do and speak the way that I do and carry myself the way that I do is that there are 10, 11, 12, 9-year-old boys inside my congregation that don't have an intelligent, articulate, uh, African-American male representative in their home that is living within his means and doing well at the same time. So I say that to say that we become models for people of what God can do, and we create an image in people's minds of how God can bless. Now, should we be over-exuberant and extravagant with that? Absolutely no. Even we should live within our means, but at the same time, we give people something to press toward and say, hey, listen, if my pastor can manage his resources well, well, then I can manage mine well, and the same blessing that's on him can be the same blessing that can come on me. And if I walk in, if he walks in, in principles of stewardship, I can walk in it also, and God can bless me the same way that God has blessed him. Okay, well said, and uh, we appreciate the call, Pastor. Thank you for calling in. Yes, sir. Glad for having you. All right. Pastor Young, this seems to be something, though, that keeps coming up, and that's, you know, moderation, and that's if you're in your means, and that's if you're not being extravagant, the question becomes, who determines what extravagant is? Who determines the fine line between moderation and seemingly, as Rob said, 
you're showing people up or you're putting it in people's faces because that line seemingly is different for everybody. Would you agree to that? Absolutely. You know, it reminded me of the caller that, that we had earlier that said if, you, if you're making 300000 but the carpet is bad. Right. You know, and, and those lines are blurred, you know, because do I, do I uh, reduce my salary because the carpet went bad? And, right. of course, I know that wasn't what she was implying, but the point is is that somebody could imply that, you know, maybe you need to take a cut because the church needs this or the church needs that. And then you have to ask the question, okay, so where does that line stop? Does every time the church have a need that uh, or a perception that something's gone dramatic, dramatically wrong in the church, uh, do we need to take it out of the pastor's salary? And, and that seems to be the challenge here, is that nobody's line is the same. And right. So, you know, again, for somebody, oh, it's not a problem. For other people, it may be. And so you don't really have a consensus on which way to go. And, and I think that's the bigger challenge. We're almost out of time. We do, we do want to hear from a couple of more callers before we go off the air. 727-5407-727-5711. What should be the response in these times? Should pastors continue to do what we do? Uh, or should we be sensitive, even though it is a buyer's market? It is a buyer's market. Should we be sensitive to the needs of others and say, you know what, I'm not going to necessarily go all out because I'm, I understand how it may look if I choose to make this type of decision. And so I'm going to ask you point blank, Pastor, if you have the means to do so, yes or no, would you get the car today if you had to do it? Would you get the house today if you had the means to do it? Absolutely, I would, without reservation. Okay, very good. We do have a caller on the air. Caller, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Go ahead and uh, offer your opinion, please. I, I did over the same here. God has blessed that individual and prospered him or her, so be it. Who's I'm to say how for them to spend their blessing? Okay. All right. Thank you for the call. We appreciate your time. God bless you. All right. So, so going back to you, Pastor Young, absolutely without reservation. Right. And, and knowing that some may say, wow, Pastor, you know, you got that. And, and, but, but right now, um, you know, we're struggling. Would that even be a, a, not a, not a concern, but would that even be a thought process in your mind as you were to go and move in this direction? Uh, absolutely. It would be a thought. But this is the, the, the greater good is actually where we have to get to. And the greater good is that you kept alluding to the fact that this is a buyer's market. And if I'm going to be a good steward over the resources, not only that God has given the church, but that God gives me, then this being a buyer's market, then I'm not going to spend more later after we come out of this, if I've disciplined myself in such a way that I've, 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 I've got my finances in place to buy it and take advantage of the market that we have now, just so that other people, uh, in other words, how much would it cost me to uh, pacify uh, other people's expectations? Right. We, we do have another caller on the air. We're almost out of time. Caller, are you there? Yes, I am. Please state your name and where you're from. Uh, my name is Pastor Horton. I'm a pastor in Norfolk. Okay. And, uh, in response to the question, I, one thing I thought about as I listened to all the different comments is um, we have to give an account. There are, are seasons in life. So with that comes the opportunity to do certain things that other times other people may not be able to. So because of that, um, trying to or feeling like you have to justify buying this or buying that, I don't think that's the posture that any of us need to take because Everyone, even in what everyone's calling tough economic times, finds themselves in different positions. So you could have a pastor who hasn't bought anything for a long period of time, and in this 
quote-unquote recession, find itself being blessed and being in a position to obtain certain things, I don't think that that, that leader should be uh, so conscientious and, and so scared to do that because he may send the wrong message because if he's been diligent over the little he's had for so long, then, you know, God opens up a door for him to have a greater blessing. He should embrace that. And those around him should be happy for him because uh, as the other saints get blessed in the midst of me, I'm pretty sure that that leader has rejoiced with them. So when his season comes, he should be able to embrace it and enjoy it and not only embrace it, but share it with other people. And as far as the church having a need, even in these times, that should be something where corporately we all make a sacrifice and take care of whatever the need the church has, regardless of what, you know, it's being stated in the media and whatnot, a recession, because it, we all have everything in common collectively. We'll be able to, to have the blessing, share the blessing, and it, it'll all benefit everyone, and, and everyone will be blessed by it. Okay, Pastor, I appreciate that. And so one final question, yes or no, if you had the means right now, to go and because some people are saying yes you can do it but do it in moderation so if you had the means to get the house of your dream the car of your dream would you go for it now in these times yes or no uh, yes i would okay i appreciate the call thank you so much all right you're welcome all right. God bless. <laughs> i'm with you man <laughs> Listen, i'm just posing the question yeah so i don't want people to think oh man you know he you know if if again if you have prepared yourself for the moment and God has appointed that this is the season for you to reap the benefit of what you have been sowing seeds into for this period of time, then why not go for it? Absolutely. You know, and again, why I, not go for it? I agree. I mean, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. If this is our season, if this is our moment, let's do it. Absolutely. Pastor John Young, I want to thank you again for coming on the air. I want to thank Kevin Moose Anderson, who's been working diligently behind the scenes. And a Cowboy fan. We don't hold that against either of y'all. <laughs> <laughs> But Moose has been answering the phones and just helping us out in studio because whenever Rob is not here, I am lost. <laughs> so, so, so Moose comes in and helps us out a great deal. Thank you for being behind the scenes, Moose, and working with us. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Pastor Study here on WHOV 88.1 FM. Don't forget, if you happen to miss the show, you want to hear it in its entirety. You can go to KevinSwan.org this afternoon. The show will be posted on the on the website. K-E-V-I-N-S-W-A-N-N.org. You can listen to it in its entirety, as well as previous weeks, the shows that we've been talking about, the issues that we have been discussing. Stay tuned next Tuesday for another edition of the show. Thank you for listening, and be blessed and be a blessing to someone else.